Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. There was a pair of twins, they were identical in every way except one, and that's their personality. One of them was a hope-filled optimist, and he would see the bright side of everything, while the other one was a dark pessimist, and he saw hopelessness in every situation. So the parents decided one day that they would try something a bit more extreme to try to bring some balance to these two. And the, the twins' birthday came, and so these two little boys received their presents, different presents from the parents. The, the one who was the pessimist got this shiny new racing bicycle that every little boy of his age would die for. And it was just the best gift that anyone could possibly give to a child like him. He looked at it and he says, oh, if I ride on that, I will fall, I'll crash, I'll break my leg. So the other one, the, the optimist, uh, the, the parents thought maybe we have to help to bring him down to earth a bit more. So they gave him a box. And when he opened the box, he saw in the box it was full of manure. Now, which parent would do that, right? Okay, anyway, it's just a story. So he, he saw it and then he, he was like, Puzzle. Then he thought for a while. He said, thank you, daddy, mommy. And he was just so full of joy. And they looked at him and said, what? And he says, if there's so much manure here, there must be a puppy. Thanks for the puppy. <laughs> and so, there are pessimists and there are optimists. Which one are you? Do you see hope or do you see hopelessness? The people of Israel were in a situation of what they thought was utter hopelessness. And they could see no purpose in what they were going through. And this is when God's word from Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 came to them. So let's take a look at God's word. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Friends, would you bow with me as we commit our time to the Lord. Father, we thank you for the blessing of your word. And we pray that as we look at your word together this morning, that you will come and you will speak to us. And that, Lord, we may hear your word ringing in our hearts. Lord, would you open your word to our hearts as we open our hearts to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last Sunday, Pastor Edmund Chan covered the last three verses in First and Second Thessalonians. And next Sunday, Pastor Edmund Wong will cover First uh, and Second Thessalonians, revisited a final review of the two books. So today I stand between the old and the new Edmund. And today is New Life Day, so we depart from Thessalonians. We are looking at this text today because it highlights for us something about new life. 
giving purpose and hope to people is what New Life does. This is New Life's missional purpose statement. I realize now it's a bit small, so let me read it to you. Loving the community as Christ does. Incidentally, Steve has memorized this. I haven't. Uh, we nurture children to be confident and compassionate. Mentor youths to master life's transitions and reach their highest potential and enable seniors to be connected and fulfilled so that they have hope and purpose and go on to create positive impact in their community. In 2021, New Life Community Services, as the face and hands of Covenant EFC to the community, served a total of 1,424 beneficiaries, and they comprised children, youth, families, and seniors. We are so thankful for how New Life has helped the people in our community through tough times, giving them hope and purpose. Which brings us back to our text, Jeremiah 29, 11. How can God's people get through tough times? Today's text tells us that we can do so in two ways. As God's people, we get through tough times by trusting God's purpose for us and by placing our hope in God. Let's look first at trusting God, trusting God's purpose for us. Let's take a look at the context in which these words in verse 11 were said to the people of Israel. I said that they were going through tough times. What exactly was it that they were facing? These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is Jeremiah 29 verse 1. You know, friends, that verse that we read earlier in verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for evil. And if you're if you're more familiar with the NIV version, it says, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And we see this very often, you know, on bookmarks, on marks, and it's, it's such a wonderful blessing, you know, that sometimes we give this to other people or we receive it. But we often forget that the people who received this word from the Lord was not receiving it in a time where everything was, was fine and dandy, hunky-dory, and they were enjoying life, and God says, I will bless you. No, it was in a time when they were in exile. They had been taken as captives from their motherland, from their homeland in Jerusalem, because Babylon had conquered Jerusalem. And these people were taken into exile to live in Babylon as captives. And they were to remain there, God's Word tells us, for 70 years. So when God spoke these words, He was speaking to a people who had been taken into captivity by an enemy nation. And they were forced to live in exile 
from the land that God had given them, that God had blessed them with. But you know, God's plans reveal God's purpose. God's plans reveal God's purpose. It's a little bit like how, you know, when we make holiday plans, and I know many of us have holiday plans with the year end, right? When, when, when my wife plans a holiday, she gives the family a lot of downtime. We will wake up late in the morning, then we will take a slow breakfast, and then by the time we dilly-dally and we're, we're ready to go out in the morning, it's, it's practically about noontime. When I plan a vacation, I pack our itinerary and I want to visit as many places as I can. I want to try out as many new experiences as I can. Do you know why the plans are different? It's because our purpose is different. For my wife, the purpose of a vacation is to relax. Why you go on vacation and you rush here, rush there, like you are at home? For me, my purpose is I go on vacation is because I want to see all these new things. I want to try all these new experiences and food. And, and, and why would I want to sleep in? Why would I want to go overseas, pay money to stay in a hotel and then sleep in there? I might as well just sleep in at home, right? So can you see we have different purposes and therefore we have different plans. And in the same way, God's plans reveal God's purposes. I'd like to show you what God's plans are for His people in exile. Let's come back to verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And what are these plans? Plans for welfare and not for evil. Or in the NIV, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Let's read this verse in its context to better see what is God's plan as it unveils His purpose. Reading from verse 5, verse 5 to verse 7. This is what the Lord says to the people who are in exile, all right, living in enemy territory as captives. This is what He says. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. What is the Lord saying? He's saying that life goes on. You don't wither and die in captivity. Instead, build houses and you plant gardens, vineyards, and, and when, when it yields fruit, you eat of it. And, and what he's saying is that, yes, you are no longer in Jerusalem, you are no longer in the land that I have blessed you with, you are now in exile, but life goes on. Continue to go about your daily living. And, and this will go on for some time. You know why? He says, take wives and then have children. And then when your children grow up, Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage. That means that there will be the next generation and they will have their children. You're going to be here for some time. So settle in. Don't wither and die. Instead, he says, multiply. Do not decrease. These are God's plans. But look at what he says in verse 7. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. 
Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Do you know what the Lord is saying here? He's saying this may be the enemy nation that has taken you into captivity and forced you to live here, but you don't curse and swear at them. Instead, what do you do? You pray for their welfare. Seek the welfare of this city because I have sent you there. And the Lord is implying that when you pray for them, when you pray for their welfare, I will answer your prayer so that you will have your welfare. So if we read this in context and if we understand this, let's come back to verse 11 when he says, I have plans for your welfare. Same word. What is the Lord saying? He is saying that I care for you. I want to bless you. But not just bless you. Through blessing you, I want you to be a blessing to the people that I have placed you in, even though you are living here in exile. My plans for you are for your welfare and by extension, the welfare of the city that you are in. What is God's purpose in all this? What is God really saying? God's purpose was to bless His people even while they were in exile so that through them, the city which they have been in exile, Babylon, would be blessed. And this was God's purpose for Israel right from the very start when He said to Abraham that I've called you to be blessed in order to be a blessing. We see that in Genesis chapter 22, verse 17 and 18, when God says to Abraham, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring and in your offspring shall all nations of the earth be blessed. Can you see that? It's not only when they went into captivity then the Lord decided to do this, but right from the very start when He called Abraham and made a nation out of him, He already said that my purpose for you is that you would be blessed to be a blessing to the nations. And now, with the people many generations down, offspring of Abraham in captivity, in Babylon, in exile, the Lord, in His plans, revealed the very same purpose as what He had given to Abraham many, many centuries ago. God's purpose is to bless Israel so that the nations would be blessed through them. But what has that got to do with us? What about God's purpose for us as the church today? We see this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. And this is in the New Testament where Peter is not writing to Israel, he's writing to the Christians. And this is what he says, For you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvellous light. And get this, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. God's church the people of God today have been called to proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called us out of darkness into 
His marvellous light. It is the same purpose for God's people. God desires that His people today, the church, may be a blessing to the people that are around the church. And this is exactly what new life is doing. I like to call new life the purveyor of God's purpose. A purveyor is like a trader. He transacts, he deals. So a purveyor of God's purpose. New life does this with the community. As God's people, new life represents us in Covenant EFC to proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called us out of darkness into His marvellous light. New Life may not be able to overtly proclaim the gospel message in their programs and services, but New Life is certainly making this proclamation by loving the community as Christ does through a variety of good work that they are doing through the children, to the youth, to the families, seniors, and bringing the blessing to the community in which Covenant ESC has been placed, both here in Bukit Panjang as well as in woodlands. New life, the purveyor of God's purpose. We saw this in Letitia and Samantha's story. When new life student care matches their beneficiaries with youth mentors, Letitia matched with Samantha. This is what Letitia says of Samantha. She, she is a friend, but just older. And Samantha, a youth mentor, recognizes how important it is for youth to have positive role models in their life. And so she mentors, she gives time to mentor Letitia. Letitia shares the story of how Samantha had once influenced her. She says that um, she used to like to say things which she thought was funny, but she did not realize that it may be unintentionally hurtful to other people until Samantha pointed that out to her. And you see how in some simple, everyday uh, uh, exchanges like this, a mentor influences the life of a mentoree. And in so doing, Samantha has in fact been gradually shaping Letitia's life purpose, even from such a young age. Then we heard the story of Vun Kam and Yong Chao. They say that the greatest gift that New Life gives to the children in the Steady Readers program is a chance in life. You heard Yong Chao's story. He had a boy in his Steady Reader, uh, in his group, that uh, was rowdy, wouldn't, wouldn't sit still. And so, when one day Yong Chao said to him, this boy who's easily distracted said to him that, I see great potential in you. You could become a pilot. Now, I think that that was probably the first time this boy has ever heard something like this said to him. And you know what? I think it changed his life. Because not only did he begin to quieten down, not rowdy anymore, but he began to tear up. Yong Chao's encouragement to this little boy to work hard to build his foundation now not only gave this boy a chance in life, it also gave him a sense of purpose that he never had before. 
Besides children and youth, new life also lives out God's purpose for and gives purpose to the seniors. And one group of seniors have become connected and fulfilled by learning craft and calligraphy through New Life's Silver Care Active Aging programs. They've gone on to create positive impact in their community. This is what they've done. By way of giving back to the community, to New Life that has blessed them, they are putting up some of their work, all right, their, their craft, their calligraphy, and that is to raise funds for New Life so that New Life can continue to be a blessing to others. So support them when you head downstairs and you see them in the foyer. But friends, what about us? How are we living God's purpose for His people today? How are we proclaiming Christ to those who are around us that they may be blessed through us because God has blessed us? Is there someone that God is prompting us to bless? As God's people, we get through tough times by trusting God's purpose for us. But as God's people, we also get through tough times by placing our hope in God. Again, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. We can get through tough times by placing our hope in God, because God Himself has promised to us to give us a future and a hope. And let's read again verse 11 in context to see the fullness of God's promise. Reading from verse 10. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. Then verse 12 to verse 14. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I will restore your fortunes and gather you from the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Now that's the promise of the Lord for a future and a hope. He promised that He will deliver them from their captivity. He promised that He will bring them back to their land. He promised to restore their fortunes. And most of all, He promised that He would restore their relationship with Him. Israel was to have an even greater relationship with the Lord when this was restored. Psalm 33 is an interesting psalm that gives us a hint at what was to come. Verse 16 and 17, The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation and by its great might it cannot rescue. So not the king, not the warrior, not the war horse is going to bring you deliverance. Then who? Verse 18, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him, on those who hope 
in His steadfast love that He, the Lord, may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Indeed, Israel was to see a deliverer that was to come, one who would deliver them from death, not just physical death, but spiritual death. And hundreds of years later, that deliverer came in the person Jesus. What about us today? You say, what about the church today? Just like the people of God, in the time of exile, we, the church today, live in a time and a place awaiting our final deliverance because this world is not our home. We're here just for the time being. But we have a place of greater intimacy with God that God is eventually going to call us back to. We've been separated from Him, but we are going to be restored and reunited with Him. What is our hope? Or rather, who is our hope? Titus, Titus chapter 2, verse 13 and 14 tell us, we are awaiting for our blessed hope. And what is this? The appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. He is our blessed hope and He is who we are awaiting for. And see what it says. Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from our lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession. And these people, they are zealous for good works. Zealous for good works. One of the ways that we look to new life is that new life is zealous for good works and represents Covenant EFC in bringing that to the community. I like to call New Life the harbinger of God's hope. A harbinger is a herald, uh, someone who, who announces, who brings good news. And New Life is a harbinger of God's hope because New Life, in its zealousness for good works, is being such a blessing to the community that God has placed us in. Listen to the story of Eileen. Eileen is a beneficiary of New Life's silver care. And you heard her say that she has depression. And because of her depression, she feels rejected by others, so much so that she dare not tell people that she is depressed. That is, until she came to New Life. The people in New Life loved her and cared for her, knowing that she has depression. In spite of her depression, they loved her even more. New Life brought God's hope to Eileen by loving her just as Christ does. New Life enabled Eileen to be connected and to be fulfilled that she too may have hope. This is what Eileen says, The greatest gift New Life has given to me is a change in my life. Hear what Eileen says in her Facebook post, Lao Lang, a Facebook post about new life that she has found. Okay, again, it's a bit small. New life, silver care has given me a new life. Now I am happier and more active. I'm never alone after joining new life. The care, support, guidance and concern given to us is excellent. 
No one is left out. I'm always looking forward for the exercise and activities the centre plans for us. You will never regret joining New Life. Thank you, New Life, for the activities. Special thanks to Cindy and Denise for their hard work to make New Life a comfortable place for the elderly to enjoy themselves. Friends, what about us? What about us? How can we bring God's hope to the lost, those who are without In as much as new life is blessing the community with hope, we as the church, as the people of God, are also called to be carriers of hope to those who have no hope. And so I'd like to remind all of us that as Christmas comes, we've been encouraging everyone to pray for five people and to invite them so that they may come and hear the gospel that they may see the gospel presented to them in a way that is meaningful to them, that they may have an opportunity to receive this blessed hope, the hope of Christmas. As God's people, we get through tough times by placing our hope in God. So in closing, in closing, I'd like to remind us all that even as we ourselves may be going through tough times, God has also called us as His people, as the church, to give purpose and to bring hope to the people who are around us. Vunkam and Yongchao have put it so well. They said the people in our community have a special place in God's kingdom. And if God loves them, then are we not called to love them as well? This is true, not just of Vunkam and Yongchao. Not just true of new life that seeks to love the community as Christ does. This is true for all of us. That the people who are lost without hope, they have a special place in God's kingdom. And if God loves them, then are we not called to love them also? Friends, new life may be the purveyor of purpose and the harbinger of hope to the community. But we are the church. We are God's people today and we are called to give purpose, to bring hope to those who are lost without Jesus so once again, our upcoming Christmas outreach is one such opportunity. Bring your friends so that through this we may proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called us out of darkness into His marvellous light. So in closing today, being New Life Day, I also want to call you to partner with New Life, to love the community just as Christ does, to bring hope and to give purpose to the Bukit Panjang and the Woodlands community that God has placed us in. We're glad you had spent some time listening to God's Word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. Should you require more assistance, kindly call 6892-6811 or you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.